What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Passionate DJ Podcast. I'm your host, David Michael, and today I'm presenting a very unique episode uh, because this actually comes from a live event where Mo Dingo and I uh, spoke in front of a small crowd and uh, talked a little bit about our podcast. And so today's episode is actually presented to you courtesy of the Gym City Podcast. And Terry, also known as Izzy Rock, was kind enough to uh, allow us to record video for this event and uh, to also republish the audio uh, for you guys to hear. And so uh, he was very generous and kind and actually helped us get uh, good, clear audio and everything for the whole event. It was actually uh, a shared slot between myself with Passionate DJ and Mo who was with Passionate DJ, but also his other show called One More Rep, which is in the fitness space. And so we agreed to do a shared slot. And so rather than focus entirely on DJing, we talk a lot about our roles as content creators and uh, that's kind of the similarities and the differences between our shows. Uh, But we do eventually work into the DJing and how Mo sort of bridges the gap between those two worlds. And we thought it was a pretty interesting conversation, and we wanted to share it with you for this week's podcast episode. Now, before we move on, I do want to say really quickly, the Passionate DJ Podcast is supported via Patreon. If you would like to become a supporter of the show and gain access to bonus content every month, you can sign up for that at patreon.com forward slash passionate DJ. Sign up and support us now. We could really use the help, and it enables us to make more awesome content like this uh, just for you. Now, before we get to the stage portion of the show, we actually did pull away Chris, who was the sound guy working that event, and Mo had actually worked with him before. We pulled him aside and actually spoke to him for a few minutes because he has a lot of experience working in the live sound arena, and we wanted to just pick his brain for a few minutes before the show started. So we're going to start with that, and then uh, once we're done, after a few minutes talking to Chris... We'll move straight on to our live interview or live episode with myself and Mo Dingo for Dayton Podfest, originally presented on the Gym City Podcast. Once again, thanks so much to Izzy and enjoy the show. Check one, two. Uh, what is it? 30 March 2019 at the Brightside at Dayton Podcast. So just uh, talking with Chris Heckman, uh, he's uh, someone that's actually let me into the fold when it comes to sound recording and stuff like that. Well, not really recording, but actually setting up venues and equipment. And so I, I basically lift heavy stuff for him. And he teaches me like a little bit about uh, the whole sound world. So, but also uh, one of the things he does with his organization is lighting. And we were just starting to have a chit chat about that, but kind of give us uh, give us your, your elevator sales pitch story of, of who you are. Uh, I'm Chris Heckman. Yeah. I, uh, <laughs> I work for Monica Sound System Rentals. Uh, I help run the company. Um, I've been doing sound for about 30 years. Mm-hmm. And, Internationally um, as well. Yep, we yep. had that conversation. Yes, I've, yeah. I've lived in Europe for six years. I've toured I've toured every continent except for... Uh, Antarctica? Well, no one tours Antarctica. <laughs> Africa. I've not toured really? Africa. Yeah. Somehow oh. it's escaped my as resume. As close as you were. That's interesting. It is. It is were, interesting. You were in England and Germany. Oh yeah, I was in. I was all yeah. over Europe in the '90s. I, I lived in Germany in the '90s yeah. and uh, toured. 
extensively through uh, Western Europe and Eastern Europe. What were some of the bands that you were run, running around with? Um, some of the bands from the States were, uh, well, we did, I did Warp Tour over there. Okay. Okay. Um, so there was lots of bands on there, but I, individually I worked with Royal Crown Review that oh, was on nice. that tour. Okay. Um, I worked with a very famous German band called Diazda, which okay. is translated to The Doctors. Okay. Um, David Hasselhoff at all? No. Interesting story. I did get offered to work for David Hasselhoff. And you turned down the Hoff? I did turn down the Hoff because I was a young kid with a lot of principles. <laughs> a lot of foolish principles. And they offered me a lot of money That's to go out with say. him. And I said, no way. I could never do that. <laughs> and then now, now I look back on it and go, Damn well, it. maybe I could have done that. Uh, but so, yeah, I uh, had a lot of experience in the audio world. So we were talking about lighting, and speaking right. of lighting, that's Crystal Grid you hear in the background. How ironic! But uh, lighting, you were you were we were talking about like how like with DJing, like we all essentially do the same thing. We play music, we manipulate the sound, we uh, EQ things. So you're saying with lighting, it's kind of the same thing as well, where you're doing the same functions, just the manner in which you execute those functions is slightly different. Correct. With the layout of the boards, yeah, they. Uh, there's a lot of different boards. Um, there's, they all do the same thing. Some yeah. have different, more robust features than others, okay. but basically they all do the same thing. Uh -huh. And uh, obviously, when you spend more money, you get more features. Okay. But um, you know, they're just laid out a little bit differently. And with with lighting, I have found uh, that engineers have a, a specific board, and sometimes they just they buy get, it and they get married with to it. it. They get okay. married to it, and that's the way they like to do it. Yeah. Whereas audio is a little more, uh, you know, not a lot of people are walking around with their own boards unless they own a company. Um, so you Such have to, yourself, you, yeah. have to <laughs> you have to know a lot of boards, especially okay. when you're touring with a band without production. Where you're going into a new venue every night, okay. you got to know a lot of different boards, and so. So when you were touring in Europe, is that what you found often? Is that you were every night was a like kind of had to readjust your brain? When I was touring with smaller bands in Europe, uh, every night we were on a different system, different board, different mics. Uh, although I, I I got to a point where I was bringing my own mics to kind of take that out of the equation, so I could get some uh some level of consistency correct okay. some level of consistency but we you know we it would be a new challenge every night um but i tell you what it really is really nice once you get to that level where you're literally you know your truck is filled with the gear that you want and yeah. you set up your gear every night and it's it's uh it's the ultimate level of consistency what kind of size rigs are, are we talking that you've dealt with uh anything from a hundred people in a club to 5,000 people in an arena. Um, I have done festivals where there's multiple thousands. Um, I did not set those up. Um, it was just one of the bands I was working for plays on the festival, so I, I operate on the equipment, but I wasn't setting it up, or nor did I own it. So when you were talking about doing these smaller uh, bands in Europe and you're going like and doing these different house setups, there's time constraints because you have to travel, I'd imagine, then get to the venue, and then you got to set up and do your sound checks and everything. So having to reinvent everything on a nightly basis, it sounds like, are there some like efficiencies that you would build into your workflow to try and help minimize that? Um, yeah, I mean, like the, the one thing is, is that you, you really want to try to arrive the three hours 
to four hours before the doors open of that specific show. So that it gives you time to set up and do sound checks. There's always going to be at least another band, if not three, that are that also need time to get up and set their gear up too. So you try to be as respectful as possible and get done as quick as possible. Um, you get into a routine when you're on a, when you're on tour. You just get into a routine and it, it just becomes like autopilot. You get to the club, you unload, you set up, you do sound check, you go eat dinner, doors open. You know, it, it gets really, really uh, automatic. Um, and, it, and the bigger the tour it is, the more automatic it gets. So when you're, when you're in a, a tour that's got like five buses and three semis and like there's, so, there, you have 100 employees, you have 60 local crew, that kind of stuff is is like everything has to run perfectly on time because if it doesn't, it costs thousands of dollars. Um, when you're in a club, it's not so much. If they have to push the doors a half an hour in a club, people don't get really that weirded out about it. You know, yeah, like the show gets pushed back five or ten minutes. Right. It, yeah, I just go get a drink, a I go late. to the bar. Yeah. Right, you're running a little late, no big deal. But when you're on, when you're in small arenas, large arenas, big stadiums, festivals, like everything has to run on time or it's costing mega money because um, you have usually uh, every local crew is a union based crew okay. and so once you go over a certain allotted time it's overtime and it costs and a lot real of money, money. Yeah. oh that's real money awesome well chris thanks for your time brother yeah. maybe we can get you on the actual podcast one day and you can talk sure. about all your knowledge about sound and engineering I'll we'd love to have I you have. what little i have i'll share <laughs> i learn every day <laughs> thanks man all right i'm mowing them out guys Thanks, dude. Oh, yeah, you're welcome, man. You guys ready? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right. So, I want to welcome... David Michael from Passionate DJ Podcast, and Mo Dingo, who is also part of the Passionate DJ Podcast, but does his own podcast called One More Rep. Thank you guys for joining Dayton Podfest. Hey, thanks for having us, man. Thank you. Really appreciate it. So this is a weird hybrid podcast episode that uh, we're doing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we started off doing just stuff uh, at our, our producer's house, uh, Trip Turlington, who could not be here today. We also have a couple other partners, Tony DeSaro. Uh, and also with the One More Rep podcast, uh, my buddy Brody Mays and our social media director, uh, Jenna Fisher. They all couldn't be here today, so you get to deal with Dave and I today. <laughs> so you want to give uh, kind of an example or an uh, elevator pitch of what the One More Rep podcast is and uh, what it's about, and then I'll do the same. Okay, for... so the One More Rep podcast, um, our motto is uh, Beyond the Barbell. It's a fitness-related podcast, but we talk about things that you're not going to get during a normal 60-minute uh, fitness class. Uh, we talk about things that are kind of uh, more holistic in terms of like uh, self-motivation, diet, nutrition, exercise, uh, things like that. But we, uh, one of the most recent episodes we had that was pretty popular was talking about dealing with conflict and how conflict doesn't necessarily have to be confrontational. Uh, another one we, uh, that was our, one of our favorites was body image, you know, uh, where the one thing I definitely pointed out in that episode is men have just as many issues with body image as women, just men are better at hiding it. So those are the types of things that we talk about on the show. We're not going to teach you how to win the Olympics or, you know, win a figure physique competition, but we give you those kind of skill sets and just things to think about 
that you can make yourself a better version of you. Uh, yeah, Passionate DJ is a, uh, basically we're a show by and for DJs. We, uh, we're dedicated to the art and science of mixing music. Um, our little tagline is that we're becoming better DJs together through passion and purpose. And uh, kind of a similar approach as far as we, we cover a lot of topics that have to do with the psychology of music yeah. and the psychology of the dance floor and uh, inspirational content. We like to do just for fun shows. We like to do, we've done a few, uh, you know, interviews with uh, famous DJs, DJ Craze, um, the Egyptian Lover, and, uh, you know, other music producers and, and people like that. Um, just trying to. And we've been fortunate enough to actually interview some of our fans too. And some which of is our pretty fans, cool. yeah. Um, and we kind of try to bring a different perspective to this uh, whole idea of performing uh, other people's pre recorded music, I guess, um, and try to present it. And even though it's, you know, passionate DJ, uh, we try to talk about a lot of pragmatic and practical things about how to take an approach to the dance floor, how to uh, approach a club owner or a promoter or something like that. Um, and then we cover a lot of other topics that are, you know, just kind of more just for fun things. We like to cover very specific music-related things. We do a series called Pick Three where each of us co-hosts. Uh, usually there's four of us and we'll bring in three different tracks under some umbrella. Uh, the most recent one we did was trance music. Uh, we've done old school hip hop and different versions of this. I think my favorite was uh, Pick Three Halloween tracks. Pick Three Halloween was fun. Yeah. That was fun. Uh, so sometimes we'll bring in actual physical records and sometimes we'll bring in, you know, MP3s or whatever, but uh, we always have a pretty good time doing it. So for some of our listeners, records are... <laughs> They're like CDs. Wait, we have to go back further than that. They're like... So there's this iP no, iPod. No, iPod doesn't work either. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, it's, that's one thing that we uh, do like to talk about, though, is kind of the preservation of... The DJ the, culture. The art, the, yeah. yeah, the artful side of DJing and the, the people who are really still into uh, mixing vinyl and beat matching and doing all these things the manual way. And so we try to kind of bring everybody under that umbrella, whether you're a radio DJ, um, club DJ. You know, we knew that we were going to come up and, and do sort of a hybrid version of this podcast, mm -hmm. but I didn't know we were going to follow a bunch of, like, legit radio DJs. Yeah, so, so that, yeah. Some big shoes to fill up here. So if I wiggle <laughs> a little bit, it's because I'm probably peeing on myself, but... <laughs> Uh, so, you know, we're here at Dayton Podfest, and uh, we're on the Gym City Podcast, and we're hearing a lot about, uh, you know, the different approaches that people take to producing their own shows and the struggles that they have. And yep. I see, you know, in my time here, I've seen a lot of nodding heads from things that people have said up here. And so it's kind of cool to be able to come to something like this and just... And, and even see if people you, that had, have or have had the same struggles that we've had. Exactly. I mean, even if you're not directly, you know, interacting with every single person, just to see somebody nod at something that makes sense to you, you're like, oh, I'm not alone yeah. in this. And, you know, the struggles that people have with editing and keeping a pace. You know, Passionate DJ Podcast is an hour-long show. It comes out every Monday. Um, it's been going on since 2013, early 2014. Mm -hmm. uh, this Monday, we will publish our 180th episode. And so we've been doing this for a long time. Like I said, each one's about an hour or so. And that's a lot of content to come yeah. up with. And as somebody in one of the earlier uh, interviews mentioned that, uh, you know, there's this impression that you just like hit record and you <laughs> record for an hour and then you just vomit that out to the world and it's done. And that's just not how it goes. It's almost the shortest part of everything is the actual Yeah, recording's recording. the actual easy part. Uh, so but it also can be the hardest part too because I've had some people approach me they were asking about like starting their own podcast. I was like, dude, just record, just hit record. 
and then once you're done with that, hit send. It's really that easy. You know, you, we can work on polishing and uh, becoming a lot more pretty later down down the road, but that's the hardest part is just committing to doing it and just getting it done. So what are some of the struggles that you and Brody have seen in the past year or so? So when did one more rep start? Uh, we launched our first episode the last week in January of last year. So we okay. are about to hit our 70th episode here shortly. So you've had a solid year. Yeah. So what, what have been the, the biggest struggles that you've come across so far in producing that podcast? It, the hardest part really is because both of us are so busy uh, just trying to coordinate schedules and mm. uh, finding appropriate times to get together. We really don't seem to have a problem coming up with content um, and we don't have a difficult time like with, like, so as far as production, everything, like I do all the editing and all the recording, so that way we don't have any overhead costs associated with that. But I think we all want to try and find some way to monetize mm. in the respect of just maybe at least being compensated for the equipment purchases and things like that. So I think the only really struggle that we've ever had, even though we've not really tried to approach it super aggressively, is finding sponsorships. Uh, we have had uh, one very prominent sponsor, 7-5 Clothing, um, making badass gear for your badass ventures, veteran-owned and operated. But um, for them, you know, they were very supportive. They didn't really put a lot of constraints on us, which we've talked about with Passionate DJ, is that one of the keys that we're always looking for when we're trying to align with sponsorships is making sure that they don't want us to do a thing. You know, mm. as odd as it sounds, we want people to give us money to do what we do. But sometimes when you make a deal with organizations, they want you to do certain things. Like, okay, well, because uh, in the first group, well, when you guys were doing the panel up, up, up front, you were saying, yeah, these people had these headphones and they want you to do a pre-roll and a mid-roll and this is exactly what you want, they want you to say. Luckily, with our sponsorship, uh, the owner, Wally, he just said, nah, just, just say whatever you want to say. So it made it really easy for Brody and I to talk about the product because one, we used his products, his clothing, and two, we actually believed in what his mission was for the clothing company. Yeah, I think with, with Passionate DJ, too, it's like making sure that the, the core values sort of align with anybody that you want to tie yourself yeah. to or promote or Because it's a relationship. Yeah, you have to be willing to support it. Like, yeah, I mean, your, your audience is always your, they come first, right? And agreed. so I, I, will, I will never intentionally do anything to break that trust with the audience. And so finding sponsorship and, and trying to monetize in a way that uh, you, you, makes you feel okay to go to bed at night, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Uh, is, You're not signing a deal with the devil completely. Right, and, yeah. and, it's, and I mean, it's not like we're, we have a bunch of like evil companies throw, trying to throw money at us, you know, but it... It's, but if you want to... <laughs> yeah, David at PassionateDJ.com. Can I get one more at gmail.com? <laughs> uh, but, you know, just the fact that, like, y y I want to make sure that people know if they come onto our show, like, you know, if you represent a certain DJ platform or software or something, we're going to talk about all of them, not yes. just yours, because that's what we've done for almost 200 episodes mm -hmm. now. And we're not going to just suddenly say, oh, brand X is the way to go forever because... Even though none of us use brand X. So just for reference, within the DJ space, there's probably, I'd say, what, maybe four major players in terms of equipment? Give yeah, or take. I mean, there's a few in, more, in any given time. Yeah, yeah. And the, the fear that we've always had is if we were approached by one of these big players, is they say, okay, well, here's all our kit. You know, here's mega discounts. You pimp everything that we say, but you can't, you, you can't use anybody else's equipment. Okay, well, that's kind of a problem because all four of us are very different types of DJs. 
And yeah, we all use different equipment ourselves. Yeah, just we all use different equipment. Some of us, like me, I, I'm probably the most versatile. Where because my style of DJing is so varied compared to the other th other three, that I have to ha use different vendors. And so if I had to make a deal like that, like I wouldn't be cool with that. Now, for the right price, you know, <laughs> I could make some considerations, but we, we are not Product at that point. different than an exclusive deal, Exu right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but we're not at that point in, our, in the growth of our show yet to where we've had to be concerned about things like that. But one of the things we want to talk about was uh, the team dynamics. That's one thing we've always, we're always open and we talk about what it is we want, where, where we want to go, where we are and what we do and do not agree with. Um, and that's something I picked up from David when I joined the uh, Passion DJ team, when I started my own podcast with the One More Rep podcast. You know, we have regular talks, whether it's virtual through Messenger or we go and have some beer and pizza and we talk about what are we doing this quarter. And I think because we do that and we talk about it and we disagree with each other, that we don't have moments of stagnation where we're all just standing across from a room staring at each other wondering what everybody's going to do so if i would argue that if you do have a podcast with multiple hosts that you guys have to have open and honest communications that are respectful and you have to also listen you know that's that's clutch you know having a team is really helpful when you get to a certain point in your show that we've heard some people talk about Izzy mentioned earlier about having somebody um, possibly editing your show. I think Izzy mentioned that having somebody do your editing eventually and things like that you know people often bring these kind of services on because it they don't really realize you know the customer the end listener doesn't realize how much work goes in after you stop hitting record and it really becomes, like when you have a team to take some of that load off, mm -hmm. it's kind of a double-edged sword because now you have a team, you have somebody to help you do yeah. editing or publishing or a, a promotion or whatever it is that you're doing, but then you're also like, now I gotta pay two people, now I gotta pay four people. Mm -hmm. How do I monetize it big so that I can afford the team I just created? And then you also have to let go of some of that control in addition exactly. to it. And I think by definition, most DJs are control freaks because that's why we become DJs because we want to play music <laughs> that we think yeah, should be played at a particular moment, whether it be in a club or for me at a sporting event or you know, for Trip, who used to do weddings. You know, we, we want to control and invoke emotions and speak through our music. So when you have to give up a core function like editing, it can be very scary. Uh, I'd say another big struggle that I've seen with Passionate DJ specifically has been probably something that some other people here have dealt with, and that is the problem of copyright strikes mm. and algorithmic takedowns. Yeah, uh, there was a talk about that work during, the, uh, during, the during the workshop. And boy, when you're a content creator and you're a DJ and you're a DJ-based content creator, that becomes a real problem. Uh, so we've had to, in it, you know, taking this onto YouTube, that's been a whole adventure on its own because YouTube has a separate algorithm that it does its detection versus Facebook. Mm -hmm. and is, so trying to get something that will publish and not get flagged and ruin your night and make you have to stay up till four in the morning yeah. uh, can be really fun. So, and also as a song that you actually like, that you want to be one of your pick Right, threes. right. Uh, so luckily, you know, we're, we're mostly a, uh, a talk show, but 
you know, when we bring a guest on, we want to share examples of their work, and that becomes difficult. Uh, so there are kind of systems that are going into place that help with this. There's actually a, uh, a startup called Dubset, and they're working with DJs to actually uh, not only be able to publish your music on places like Spotify and Apple Music, but uh, to properly license and even monetize those, uh, whether it's a DJ set or some other kind of performance. Uh, they inked a deal with Warner and Sony and Tidal and a few others. Mm -hmm. uh, so it is being addressed, but it's kind of a, a slow moving train in that respect. Yeah, when you have the juggernauts like Facebook and Instagram and YouTube who basically, if you get kicked off on one of those platforms, you're, you're toast. So you, there's that sensitivity. It, it seems like, um, YouTube is a little bit more forgiving in that, where they won't necessarily kick you out, but they'll basically say, well, you cannot monetize this piece of content because you have copyrighted material in there. YouTube at least gives you a few tools to figure out whether yeah. or not you can do that, right? So you can go to, if, if this is something that anybody's run into, you can actually go to youtube.com slash music underscore policies, I think it is, and you can do a, a lookup of a song and see what the policy is on YouTube. So if it shows up, it'll say either you can or cannot use this, mm. or you can use this, but you can't run ads, or you if can you use do, this, right. but the ads will run and the monetization goes to the label. Uh, so they, they at least give you, some, you know, something yeah, to work with because we had one of those issues where Brody had put a little clip in from Beerfest, the movie, because we had referenced mm. something in the film. <laughs> and it was like a, like a no joke, like a three second clip. And then about a week later, we got an email, boom, you have used copyrighted material. You cannot monetize this particular piece of content. And I was like, well, that was quick. <laughs> you know, so I actually had one where I submitted the other, it was a Facebook one. And I think it was Warner came back and said, you used somebody else's song in this and it was background music or something. And I complained and said, ah, this falls under fair use. Yeah. And they actually came, it took like three weeks, but they actually came back and said, oh yeah, you're right. And they let it go. So. That once upon a time, that never would have happened. No, not so at all. So I feel like we're making baby steps. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, at least it's not a total and utter takedown because yeah. uh, who was it that basically doesn't give you any notices? There was something that we had that we were concerned about getting strikes. Was it YouTube used to give you strike notices and like once you were well, three strikes, you were done? They still do that, but that's for DMCA takedown notices. So okay. if somebody complains directly then, and submits a complaint, then they'll start getting strikes. And we've been pretty lucky in that respect and that nobody's really complained. And I mean, we generally, anytime we're playing a song, we're reviewing it, we're talking over yeah. it, something like that. And that kind of helps us make our fair use case. But And that's going back to the homework piece. You know, we, we don't, we've, Dave's worked very hard to get us where we're at, so for us to make a very foolish mistake by not doing our due diligence would ruin a lot of work that he's put blood, sweat, and tears into for the past you know, almost five years. Because so. it started off as a blog before it became actually a, yeah. a, uh, a podcast and eventually a YouTube uh, piece of material as well. You want to talk a little bit about prep? I'd be interested in knowing what your, how much you prep for an episode for one more rep at this point. Do you, and, I mean, do you really script it out or are you doing bullet points or something in between? And just like most everybody says, well, it depends. Yeah. <laughs> so I'll give you a, for instance, uh, within the CrossFit world, we recently just uh, came to the end of what we call the CrossFit Open. And that's basically like um, the March Madness of CrossFit. And so at the end of that, we always do a wrap-up show where we talk about because there's five separate events that take place and we talk about the five different events, what those events consisted of, any kind of um, 
odd things or news that came out of it, like if someone uh, got caught cheating or something, or if someone uh, did a lot worse than everybody expected them to, especially if they were like a higher ranking athlete. So, you know, I go through and I document like, you know, who won, what, were the, what their time was or how much weight they moved, and then who won the overall. And we talk about just, you know, we compare old workouts to new workouts, and then we kind of give a summarization of how we felt about the overall CrossFit Open. But then other episodes, like I talked about earlier, the dealing with conflict, yeah, that one was pretty heavily scripted because we wanted to make sure that we cited credible sources in terms of like, you know, theories and, uh, and behaviors and such. But then when we're doing one like, uh, like the body image one, that was something easy for me to talk about because I'm a former fat kid, you know, and I still deal with body image issues every day when I look in the mirror. And Brody being a, a coach who does nutrition counseling, I mean, we, we came from the heart because that was super easy because we can talk about that because we lived that. You know, so did, we didn't really script that. There were a couple of waypoints that I wrote down just in case we got you know, a little stranded, but sure. I mean, next thing I knew, we had recorded for about an hour and a half and, and, I, and I had to cut that down to an hour. So it's funny because I, I've found that I've trended away from over preparing and over bulletizing because mm -hmm. I would, I would do that in cases where I thought that I would run out of things to say. And so I didn't want to. And then what I found was when I wrote it all out, I would just blow through it all. Mm -hmm. And then I would be done in like, half. And you're like, time. Oh crap. I got, <laughs> I got 20 minutes left. What do yeah. I do now? So now I, I almost never do that. Um, I just do very basic, you know, bullet points. Make sure you say this, make sure you, make sure you mention Patreon, make sure mm -hmm. you mention the YouTube channel, whatever, uh, ask them their bad gig stories or whatever yeah. we're trying to collect at the time and then kind of leave it at that. The, the uh, times when I will consistently write out show notes is if I'm doing an interview. So that way I can give them a copy of it and say, Hey, this is what I want to talk about. Okay. If there's yeah. any red flags, you know, just cross it off. And most oftentimes when I've done that for, um, people that were interviewing, they're like, Oh wow. Uh, thank you. Cause I guess they're there. I sometimes, you know, some shows they like to utilize those guerrilla techniques and ambush people. But you know, just like everybody was talking about earlier, like I'm trying to develop relationships, you know, so maybe these people will come back on my show. I don't want to, I don't want it just for that um, flash in the pan, get some clickbait, you know. Mm. You know, come listen to this episode where David Michael gets pissed off because he gets ambushed and asked about his fifth grade prom, you know, or something like that. <laughs> you, know, you just want to avoid types of things like that because for me it's not right. necessary. Well, it's just kind of, you know, we've talked before about how you send uh, sort of a, a pre-questionnaire mm -hmm. to your mobile DJ client. So yeah. somebody you're playing a wedding for, for example, uh, because you know you ask questions like, uh, "What do you not want me to play?" Yeah, that's one of my that's one of my most important questions that I ask what clients. What will make when you get weddings. into a fight with your sister on yeah. the most important day of your, yeah. <laughs> of your what life? What song did you know. get dumped out dumped on in eighth grade at homecoming? Yeah, yeah. just things like that. Or, uh, <laughs> I'm sorry that I laugh about this, but we do a recurring <laughs> segment on uh, Passionate DJ where it's called Bad Gig Stories, and our listeners will will write in about particular incidents that have occurred, like literally like you can't make this type, type of stuff up. And the one that's like super mega cringeworthy is this guy was DJing a high school reunion and it was, the, the, I guess they graduated around like late eighties. So, you know, he's like doing the old school hip hop, you know, some mix a lot, all that good stuff. And then he, he decides he's going to take it just a little bit deeper, you know, like early 80s. And he plays the Gap Band, You Drop the Bomb on Me. And he's thinking like, boom, everything's just going to get lit after this. And he said, the 
floor just ghosted and everybody left. And he's like, what? He's like, he has no idea what's going on. So finally, somebody walks up to him with a drink. He's like, hey man, you're gonna need this. He's like, why, what's going on? He's like, uh, was it Timothy McVeigh? Yeah, it was like, the, was it the graduating class? The graduating class and the guy that uh, had bombed the federal building in Oklahoma was in that graduating class at that high school. Yeah, that's a bit of a so, And that's something, I mean, you can't predict something like that happening. And so you just look the, like the hugest yeah, jerk in the yeah. world for no reason, right? And he just ruined these people's 20-year <laughs> high school reunion. So part of the reason why I ask that question of my clients is so I avoid things like that. You know, maybe there's a song that, you know, that was that reminds you of a of a really bad time in your life, like you know, you, you your dog died or something, or uh, just something that like it was your ex your ex boyfriend and girlfriends that was your song, you know, because if it's it's one of the most important days of your life, as a contracted employee for that event, I don't want to ruin that because that will put a serious dent in my reputation capital when it comes to people trying to recommend me as a DJ for their wedding or their daughter's high school, their sweet 16, or just anything of the sort, so. Now one thing that's been kind of cool for me, maybe somewhat selfishly, is since you've started One More Rep, I can kind of banter with you as, as a content yeah. creator now. And, and that's one cool you, thing that we both do as producers of shows, like we'll just often just have, have random Zoom talks yeah, uh, and we'll just sit <laughs> everything there. Everything we do is like an opportunity yeah. to create content. So it's yeah, like, and, and make sure you do that when you're just talking to your friends or potential um, interviewees. Or and it seems kind of weird at first, kind of like very Orwellian, you know, like the <laughs> Ministry of Truth type stuff. But we've gotten a habit where every time we talk on Zoom, we record it, and we've been able to extract content or come up with show ideas because some of the stuff we're talking about today <laughs> came out of a Zoom call we had last week, I think. That's right. So, now, What's yeah. our, our friend, the sound guy's name? Oh, Chris. We, yeah. We, we ambushed Chris about yeah, we an ambushed hour Chris. ago. Yeah, a little we bit ago. We started having a conversation, but like, hold on, we should be recording yeah. this and just and totally threw him He'll be a part of our bonus content and hopefully we'll <laughs> actually have him on the show here shortly, so. Yeah, but um, one of the cool things that, uh, about having you kind of bridging that gap is, you know, you, you, you're in this unique position where you, so you're on Passionate DJ Podcast, you're on One More Rep Podcast, which is in the fitness space, mm -hmm. and then you're also a DJ, and you DJ CrossFit events yeah, in the and fitness sporting space. events. Yeah. So, I mean, you're, you're right in the middle of all of that. And so it, there's, even though we're such different brands in a way, we have this kind of shared interest in a lot of similar um, uh, things that come up. Yeah. Like, you know, we, we both care about about kind of people. the way, yeah. like the psychology of the dance floor is not that much different than the, the psychology, psychology of, of a gym yeah. <laughs> working it, it, out. And it isn't, yeah. So um, I, I know that you put a lot of thought and care into when you're doing these kind of events, when you're coming at it as a DJ, mm -hmm. you know, what's the right tempo for somebody yeah. who's lifting versus doing this crazy cardio thing versus yeah. that. Um, I, I, I'm not sure, maybe you can kind of speak to that a little bit and how you use that knowledge to cross. Well, maybe I can use the football analogy that might be a little bit okay, yeah, easier that, for yeah, people to understand. So, uh, I'm a DJ, you know, hi, I'm Mo, I'm a DJ. <laughs> hi, Mo. Yeah, thank you, Izzy got it. But um, I DJ in kind of uh, multiple platforms, so started off doing club DJing when I was younger and took a break for about 15 years once I had children because I had to, you know, make a decision either sell my kit or or become a 
or spend more time being a parent. Uh, I guess you're supposed to do those types of things. Sell your kit or sell your kid, is that what you said? Kit, kit, <laughs> okay. kit, not kid. So I got back into DJing uh, around 2010. And at, time, at that time, I had just started doing CrossFit. And I found an opportunity to bridge my love for DJing with my love for fitness. And what I would do is I would play music during fitness events. Well, that then morphed into when my boys got into high school, um, like, it was just very quiet. I just remember it being very quiet. And something happened, and the band director left or whatever, and the band wasn't playing anymore. So I was like, this is, football games shouldn't be this quiet. It shouldn't just be whistles every seven, seven, you know, seven to 10 seconds. There needs to be some noise in between. So I went and talked to the athletic director. I told him what I did and what my vision was. He was a little skeptical at first because, you know, I think in his mind, he, th he thinks I'm going to be dropping all these, you know, Cardi B tracks and, you know, all these, you know, misogynistic uh, music and things like that. That could potentially offend somebody, which, you know, hey, they would have a right to. But what I did is I kind of crafted and curated music that I would hear at a college football game or the types of music I would want to hear when I was in high school playing football. So, again doing the crowd reading, looking at, looking at the stands, looking who's there, seeing what's going on on the field. Something happens, you know, a great play, you know, a first down. If it's a running play, like I would play uh, Rollin' by Limp Biscuit, You know, keep rolling, 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 you know, as this guy's just bowling down the field and just, you know, terrorizing all these uh, defensive players. And uh, conversely, like, uh, if there was a touchdown, I would always play the same song. It was song two by Blur, that woo-hoo. And, you know, so that way, as the season went on, the audience got trained to know that whenever there was a touchdown that I was going to play that song and like they start, they would start singing and like mom started bringing like little poppers and things like that. So, <laughs> you know, I kind of helped create a, an environment and a feeling and that all sprung about because I was trying to put myself in their shoes to try and help the team, you know, execute at a higher level because I don't know about you guys, but Music's helped me through a lot of good and bad times throughout my life. You're here. And one thing that uh, one of our co-hosts, Tripp, said that really got me choked up when he told me, because I had never thought about it, is uh, he said, 20 years from now, one of those kids is going to hear that song too, and he's going to remember his homecoming game when he scored a touchdown. And I was like, whoa. You know, talk about that emotional tie to a kid that, you know, he'll probably never remember me. Now, I remember him because he played with my son, but I mean, come on, how cool is that? But it, it takes kind of, in, in that case, you know, you're, you're doing the DJ as a service thing. Mm -hmm. You're not being Mo Dingo, the DJ rock star. And no. so, like, you're not trying to, it, it takes a certain kind of person to be able to step back and realize, like, I'm, I'm helping this group of people create a memory. Mm -hmm that involves them and not necessarily not me. me. Yeah. yeah. And that's the same approach I take when I'm DJing weddings and things like that. Um, <laughs> clients, will, you know, I'll say, well, what kind of music do you want to hear? And they're like, well, what music do you play? I'm like, okay, let's take a step back, guys. Okay, I am here for your most, one of the most important days of your life. This is about you. I will play whatever you want me to. I was like, now we can draw lines. Like if, you know, and usually where I start is like, okay, when did you guys graduate high school? Because that kind of gives me a sense of like, what their glory days, the, you know, the soundtrack of their lives, mm. you know, where I can extract that from. And um, I use, and again, like Dave said, I have them tell me what they don't want to hear. Um, but I also, you know, go as far as to like, okay, well, 
What song do you want to walk down the aisle to? What song do you want to walk away, you know, away from the aisle to? What, when we introduce the, the wedding party, what do you want to hear? Do you want to hear the whole song? Do you just want to hear a part of the song? You know, I, I don't charge the most money in town, but I by far don't charge the least. And for what they're paying me, I feel obligated to provide them with the product that they will not regret when they write that final check. Because they are my best source of advertising and marketing. Um, the word of mouth, um, the word of mouth is far more powerful than any ad I can put at a table at a restaurant or a YouTube ad or a business card. And again, like I mentioned earlier, that human capital, you know, building that with people and building relationships to the point where I stole from one of our listeners, DJ Serato, shout out, he's in uh, Phoenix, Arizona. I am at the point now where I adopted one of his practices and on their anniversary, I will send them a copy of the 10 tracks that I, that I like, that's when I inject myself, the ten, my 10 favorite tracks from that wedding and I'll send it to him. And I even send him a Christmas card too. You know, what does that cost me? I don't know, what, what's a stamp cost now? You yeah, know, and, a, and what does a CD cost? You know, but getting them to remember me because at some point, someone, one of their friends is going to get married. Oh, you need to use my dude. You know, he was so awesome. He did this, 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 and this. And even, you know, we, we, you know he, was a, he, he, was part, he was our DJ, our wedding DJ three years ago, and he still sends us cards. You know, what does that cost? It's worth the investment to me. And, you know, I, I think that that's another thing that, that's easily lost in, in this is that building those relationships is really cool on its own. Mm. Uh, you know, putting aside any kind of prospect of making money or promoting your show. Yeah. Um, you know, in the case of Passionate DJ, we have a, a small group we call our Passionate DJ Ambassadors. Uh, it's uh, five or ten people who are kind of our super fans, <laughs> and uh, they kind of help us, you know, talk about the show, promote the show, generate content every now and then, yeah. uh, you know, come on and sort of do guest co-hosting type stuff. And uh, over time, they have just become friends yeah. of ours. Yeah, literally you know? friends. And so, you know, we've had conver side conversations with them, just be able to talk to them and, and to be able to, you know, when you build a platform to communicate with people and then you start communicating with, with them in people. a less superficial yeah. way, in a way that's more direct and stuff. That's just, that's really cool and it uh, kind of gives yeah. you a warm fuzzy. Yeah, and the same thing with the One More Rep podcast. I mean, we have people literally all over the world. Like I had a, one of our listeners from Australia message and say, hey, uh, thanks for this particular clip in this episode. This really helped me get through a competition when I didn't think I was gonna do well. And I listened to your episode about visualization. I pulled my head out of my ass and I actually did a lot better than I thought. Or we talked about one where falling off the wagon, where basically we talked about how this time of year is when people start to fall off that New Year's wagon. But then if you're a parent, like soccer starting, baseball starting. So when you were going to work out, you know, three or four days a week, now because you have to take your kids to practice, now you're only working out two days a week. And for some of our um, athletes, that, that one hour that they spend at the gym is the only hour the entire day that they have to themselves. So to take that away from them to quote, sacrifice for their children is, is hard, it's challenging. And just talking about like, well, hey, have you ever thought about maybe just taking some dumbbells with you to the track while your daughter's at soccer practice? Mm -hmm. You know, did you think about maybe instead of, you know, 
taking some food with you so that way you don't make a bad decision when you're hungry and stop at McDonald's, you know, on your way home. And, you know, because when you're living your life, you don't oftentimes take the stop, or you often don't take the time to stop and think about your schedule. You know, you're just trying to get tasks done. And we have plenty of time in the world to plan, but we don't plan to plan. Does that make sense? We don't take the time. And that's one of the huge things we talked about in that particular episode. And people were like, it resonated with a lot of people. We were getting a lot of messages like, you just described my life in 60 minutes. You know, <laughs> so it's cool to know that we are speaking to our audience and providing them with content that they find valuable, whether it be in the fitness world with the One More Rep podcast or in the DJ world when we talk about, you know, how to become a more influential DJ. You know, in, we get these messages and IMs and friend requests on all the social media outlets. Like, I'd much rather have that than a sponsor that was paying me a lot of money. Well, I'm glad to be taking the journey with you, Mr. <laughs> Modingo. Thank you yeah, so much. I'm glad he took a chance on me. I was a, psych, a psycho super fan and just sort of kept poking him like, hey, 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 can I come on the show? Can I come on the show? Can I come on the show? And then finally he was like, fine, okay, come on the show. And, and now I started so, my own show. Thank you so much to Izzy, by <laughs> yeah. the way, and the Gen Dude, shout out Izzy uh, for, for putting all this on. together, like masterminding this. I mean, this is huge, dude. I wish I would have had something like this in the infancy of my podcasting career, but it's cool to know that there's other people, you know, in the Miami Valley that share a passion to be heard. So, you know, if anybody has any questions, like we're open books, you know, yeah, and I appreciate you guys. Thank you so much. Uh, your podcasts are quality, especially the video aspect of what you're doing. My goodness, so good. But uh, thank you so much, and uh, go ahead and let people know about your social media and where they can find your podcast. Sure thing. Uh, hit PassionateDJ.com to listen to the podcast. You can go to YouTube.com slash PassionateDJ. Uh, PassionateDJ on all the things, Instagram, <laughs> etc. On our email is can I get one more at gmail.com. We are on Instagram at one more rep podcasts, also on Facebook at one more rep podcast, and same thing as YouTube. So thank you for your time and attention. Thank you. Thank you. Tip your waitresses. Okay, folks, that wraps up our episode of the Passionate DJ Podcast. Once again, thanks to Izzy and the Gym City Podcast for letting us rebroadcast this episode or uh, this live event from Dayton Podfest. Both Mo and I had a really great time hanging out, talking to other content creators uh, that were local to us in our hometown and we had a really good time but we also uh, felt that the conversation was uh, worth sharing with all of you and we thank you so much once again don't forget that you can support passionate dj podcast via patreon patreon.com slash passionate dj gain access to all that awesome bonus content but for now this has been the passionate dj podcast keep on spinning